Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Questioning a better way, one gracefully disruptive conversation at a time. For their year three conference, I am super pumped to be out here. This year, we are podcasting uh, for the next three, three and a half days, and we are starting with Brie and Herbal Essentials. Um, I'm sorry, Herbal Essentials. There we go. I already <laughs> messed up the name. I literally had one sip of tequila, too, so it's going to be a long cast. Look alive. Uh, she's going to tell us about her story about CBD. I was telling her it's very ironic that I come from Denver, and I don't know a ton about microbrews or CBD and marijuana in general, so we're about to get educated, and I, I was just telling Brie I played college across. I Ironically, I've had a bunch of people reach out asking me about what do they use for health and wellness for our old sports injuries, and I don't have good answers, so I'm pumped about this. Uh, I'm going to let Brie run from here and talk about herself and talk about her company and her mission, and, and that's that. Awesome. Well, uh, thank you for having me on the show. No, I'm super excited. So a little bit of background about me. I'm from a small town in New Hampshire. This is my first East time. Coast kid. Okay. I am an East Coast kid, New Englander. So <laughs> I'm super excited or wicked excited. Anyway, I'm good to be here. Uh, it's my first time in Indiana. I'm having a great time. Um, just super excited about this. So small town in New Hampshire, I went to school in Bangor, Maine. I played college basketball up there. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I originally went to school for physical therapy. Wasn't a huge science kid. Figured that out early on. I <laughs> uh, tried a couple different majors, and I stumbled upon my general psych class. It was something I was super inspired about. My professors, you know, their experiences, their clients, the impacts they've made. Uh, so I got my undergrad in psych, and then I decided... You know, I'm going to move to Florida. I'm not a huge fan of cold weather, so I packed up all my stuff, moved far away from friends, family, and I started my master's degree in mental health counseling. Where did you get that? Uh, Nova Southeastern University in, in Fort Lauderdale. Oh, okay. So, the, but now you're in Boca Raton, right? Um, so I was in Boca, and I was living in Fort Lauderdale, but now I'm over in Tampa, Florida. Oh, wow. All so over kinda, Florida. Yeah, I'm okay. just kind of bouncing around. Uh, but I got my master's. I graduated about a year and a half ago, almost now. And uh, I did a year-long stint, I guess. I would say stint because some days were harder than others <laughs> in the mental health field. But I honestly worked at a really amazing center. And it was a substance abuse facility solely for women. And the thing I loved most about it, I picked that placement not only because I was working uh, you know, solely with women, but I was also working in a holistic like care setting. So not only were they implementing traditional therapies, but they were also using holistic modalities like acupuncture, yoga, personal when, when training. When was this? This was a year ago. So I did oh, it for, so, okay. so, so I did it for an entire year. It was super recent. Um, so I was there and it was amazing because they weren't just using, you know, medication and traditional therapies to kind of throw these women into their treatment. They were they were like, Okay, well we have all these other options. It's kinda of like what do you need to heal along with like the traditional practices as well. That's so. a, and was this like I mean a business or like a private situation? Because these are pretty new conversations mm -hmm. in this space. Oh, absolutely no! It was a uh, it was a privatized treatment center for a while, and then it switched over and got bought out by another center. But they were still running it the same way. It was all female staff, all female clientele wow. from eighteen all the way up to I think my oldest client was probably in her eighties. Wow! How did you come across this? Like, how did you find this um, place? So we get like a list uh, of our last year of graduate school, and they kind of like pick. So I, I really heavily researched 
because you're going to be here for a year, you're going to be yeah. working pretty much a nine to five every day while you're going to classes. So it really had to be something, you know, you wanted to be in a place you're passionate about. Um, and my passion's always been in holistic healthcare. My, when I grew up in New Hampshire, my mom had, we had chickens, we had a greenhouse. Yes. We had all different, like I wasn't just living like traditionally, like we had a lot of untraditional things and ways of healing as well. My where, mom was super holistic. Where do they get all that? I actually had chickens in like urban, they call it urban <laughs> farming now in Denver, but I absolutely loved it. But what, how did she know all this? Like what, what brought her into that? Family background. So okay. my family is all from Armenia. So when they moved over from this country, um, um, it was just super old school like way of living. I guess survival because in Armenia the country is like super poor. Right. You're either super rich or you're super poor. So they, you know, depending on living off the land. Yeah. Um, so I guess that just got passed down for generations. And so That's... the idea of holistic living, you know, using uh, herbs and different fruits and vegetables is like ways to heal yourself. Really kind of carried on through the generations. How ironic that you came in now. Everything's like coming full circle. That's oh, yeah, absolutely. unreal. Yeah. Okay. That's. I mean. Clearly, you're in alignment. I don't know if you're a big universe energy person or not, but like that is. Percent. Oh, okay. Yeah, because originally my, my plan was to graduate school, open up a practice with a couple of therapists I connected with, and then move on. And I had a, a kind of a shift in my life. Uh, one of my best friends had passed away, and she was somebody that I was really close with. And something like kind of flipped inside of me. And from that moment on, I, I, I stumbled upon CBD. It was a conversation with my partner at the time. We were talking about CBD, and I was like curious about it. I knew nothing about CBD. This was August of 2018. I heard CBD was starting to become like a buzzword officially. Okay. I knew nothing about it. Then for three months after the fact, I sat on my computer from 8 a.m. till 2 a.m., like from the morning all the way to the next Really? Day, yeah, next so you just knew right away? Like I just is... knew. I was like, as soon as I dove into it, I was like, wow. I was completely captivated by it because I've always been a, you know, a proponent for the medical marijuana industry. Sure. I definitely have seen uh, the benefits and a lot of friends and family yeah. members that are part of that program. So I wanted to look into the other side of it that was more accessible to just everybody. Right. So I started researching it and I was like, wow, there's this, it, it felt like this like instant connect, like it clicked. That's awesome. And that's, yeah. that's amazing for that to happen. I mean, you said 26, 27, like was it a year ago? Yeah. Ago? So I was, yeah, I was 25 when oh, I kind of like, see, that's stuck, amazing. Yeah. Nobody knows what they're doing 25. <laughs> Please. I didn't yeah. like my friends did it, but that's awesome. Okay. Yeah. So I just kind of, it was something I fell into. No plans about it. I okay. always, I come from a family of business owners, so I knew that was kind of always a little bit in me, but I thought it was going to be to have my own mental health, like a holistic care practice. Yeah. I never thought it would be CBD oil. So wow. the more I researched, the more I got involved in the industry, the more companies I sought out, the more research I did. And then, um, funny enough, we started doing um, like personal like research, like using it ourselves, but then I also used it on my dog. My, oh, okay. He was uh, 11 at the time, 11-year-old Roddy Mix, and he lived to be almost 14 years old no. with the help of CBD oil. Wow. Yeah. Did he have, like, health – Cleo, I have a dog, and she's literally mm -hmm. my entire world, so tell me everything when time is right. Yes. Yeah, so, so, no, he lived a super, like, healthy, active life literally all the way up until the end, like, sprinting, running, jumping wow. for his food. Like, we put it in his food once in the morning, once at night, and – he had like some minor hip and you know joint things, but really helped with he. You wouldn't guess that he had so much life to him. It was like a puppy, wow. all the way up till the end. And I attribute a lot of that not just you know to CBD, but how he played and like what he ate, like what we fed him. So all the combinations of everything were really well, I'm like a human. I mean, it's, you can't just eat well and then not work out or not mm -hmm. you know have mental health or it's a whole package, a whole oh, lifestyle. Absolutely. So I saw that in him and I was like, wow, if we could do this with him, yeah. How can we take this and do this with people? Oh. 
So that's kind of another piece of it that pushed me into it along with my mental health background. So have you have you leaned into the animal side at all? So we yeah, we do have pet tickets. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So we do and we're also like formulating right now like pet treats. Okay. So we do have a full pet line and we have like a lot of dogs. Like my dog now, I just got a corgi. Oh, yeah, my mom had four at one point. I love them. They are awesome. It's yeah. <laughs> like bloated foxes. They're hilarious, <laughs> but they're so smart. Yeah, they're super smart, super high energy, but I use it for his coat. Like, you know, okay. it keeps him super soft and fluffy. He's eight months. He's also super <laughs> oh high my energy, gosh. so he needs, he needs like, to chill out a little bit. <laughs> Give him a little shot of CBD. <laughs> Parents need that for traveling oh, kids. Absolutely. I flew in this morning, and, you know, I wish I had some of that to, like, share, share the wall. <laughs> Okay, well, okay, so you get into this, you're coming out of this mental health, you find CBD. Mm -hmm. Um, What was next step? Because CBD isn't regulated. Uh, And were you like, did you, were you, was Madonna, Madonna, oh my gosh, I'm a huge Madonna fan, so I'll probably say that again. (laughs) Um, Was marijuana kind of in your world prior to CBD and like this legalization of marijuana and Mm -hmm. like before the buzz was coming up, like you had some knowledge of what was going on? Kind of, but not really. Not to the extent of what I had dove into. It was kind of really like I had Google searched one day, just saw different CBD lawyers Oh, and okay. I stumbled upon this guy uh, in Florida, and I just spoke to him. I signed up for a consultation with him, and that, that was a turning point because he is also in the recreational marijuana space. He goes and helps dispensaries open up. Uh, he was in Massachusetts for a while. He bounces to Florida. He goes out to Colorado. He's you know super knowledgeable about CBD as well. Okay. Um, so we talked a lot. I consulted him through the entire process about you know where to go because the 2014 farm bill is kind of foggy on you know CBD regulations, but we were, everyone was like hoping, praying, like signing petitions, everything yeah. for the 2018 Farm Bill, which went ahead and essentially regulated it if it was under a certain like 0.3% THC. If your products fell under a certain regulation, now the floodgates kind of opened in the states. So they started regulating it at a certain strength. Correct. Okay. Yes. Okay. So there are still some states that are regulating it on like a state level. I think there's only a couple really that have, um, it it depends county to county, state to state, but if you are following essentially, because there are guidelines out there, if you're following the state to state guidelines and you're providing lab testing with your products, you know, to essentially prove like what you're telling in your products, you're also using products that are domestically grown. Okay. You're putting batch codes, QR codes, like all that logistical. So you get like an FDA stamp, not FDA, but like something, Mm -hmm. some sort of So there are different, yeah, there are different things. Like I said, the lab testing is something that's huge right now. A lot of companies don't do this, um, but definitely when the FDA does come down, because they're still not involved in CBD right now, it's still very much so unregulated by the FDA, which is good and bad. Well, that's all supplements. That's yes. the irony. I feel mm-hmm. like, again, I don't know a ton, but CBD is more regulation than most of the shit I see in the fitness world where mm-hmm. you have no idea what it is. Absolutely. And I think it's just because of the stigma, like the stigma associated with marijuana. Right. Uh, a lot of people think that CBD is marijuana, which there are strains of CBD out there that are cannabis-based, but most of the CBD that you see that's legally sold online in the market is CBD from hemp not CBD from marijuana. Gotcha. So two different things, two different entire pieces completely. And you think the stigma is still that bad? Like, oh, 100%. People oh, are like, interesting. Oh, am I going to, you know, does this make you high? Does this is going to make me feel weird? Like, is this, you know, from marijuana? Like, we really have to educate people. And I think the problem, too, is a lot of companies are still branding themselves. Like, even the names that they're using or the language or a lot of the logos contain, like, the hemp, you know, like, or the marijuana, like, leaf. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think a lot of companies are branding themselves in a space where they kind of look like marijuana companies, but they're CBD oil companies. 
And ironically, they think that's like on brand, like that's going to help them. Correct. But yeah, in fact, I look, I would look at some of the, you know, just from, you know, different like names that they're putting on the products or yeah. the, the label itself um, or a look to it, I would automatic, like automatically just Sorry being in that industry, no worries, uh, <laughs> assume that that's associated with a marijuana company. That's, I mean, what the, the irony in that is that's kind of the fitness supplement world mm -hmm. where it's not usually, sometimes I'll say this, it, it, it's not necessarily your best business people in the world, but maybe they have a good idea or their mm -hmm. users or they, it worked for them training-wise, what have you. But you mm -hmm. don't do a ton of the market research or the business analysis or any of you just go out there and here you are branding yourself from the completely opposite of what your community and your future consumer really mm -hmm. connects with. Oh, and you're targeting a very specific person when you're putting sure. stuff like that on your label and you're pushing away, I think, the demographic that actually needs CBD oil the yeah. most, which is like the 55-plus market right now. Interesting. That okay. That really, I guess, need the CBD oil, you know, for different, you know, pain, inflammation, like chronic conditions that they might have, arthritis, sleep problems, all different things. Well, I, and I want you to keep going with like the health side. We'll get the details. But how do you feel? Like, I told you I had, you know, family members that had, you know, PTSD, and I saw what mm -hmm. the DA was prescribing, and mm -hmm. um, this huge emphasis of business within our medical system. Like, mm -hmm. forget about insurance. We'll save that for a whole other podcast. Mm -hmm. With just the general, you know, health and wellness. What as Americans we mm -hmm. think is healthy. Yeah. Um, taking medicine is healthy, but then you see now Johnson and Johnson in mm -hmm. big trouble and opiates and you know there's this huge business side um how do you feel like cbd i mean for obvious reasons i think cbd can disrupt major business noise which excites oh, me 100 percent. i think and i think our young people are more open to it than than ever mm -hmm. um how do you immediately see cbd and the industry in itself kind of disrupting some of these major business relationships in, in western medicine if you will um, so I think I see it because of the fear or because of the, I guess, the pushback yeah. from these major companies or from states or from government agencies. I think you see it in the pushback. Okay. I think you, like, from like saw, consumers or young people or what do you um, mean by pushback? Like, I think like the push, like more regulations are now being tried gotcha. to throw them down on a state to state level. I think, I think major industries are scared yeah. that medical marijuana and CBD are going to be the new space of you know, healing. Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't say, I mean, I think right now there's like two different ends of the spectrum. I think um, a lot of people are like either all holistic or they're all, you know, for Western medicine. I think we're having a hard time kind of meeting in the middle because in my professional experience, I, I know a handful of psychiatrists that I would, you know, completely trust yeah. in the process and they, they only prescribe medications as necessary. Truthfully, there are some things that you, you can't avoid getting medication for sure uh, there are things that you can't uh heal naturally i think cbd is it like just any other supplement is great to supplement with your current lifestyle right. i think a lot of companies too the pushback's also coming from a lot of like that's is liquid gold mm -hmm. like that it's going to solve all your problems that you can live the same lifestyle you're living or not like fix or change certain things or have a conversation about why it's happening in the first but place. But that's what we've insulted through a little. Like our, mm -hmm. my mom used to take Dexatrim and mm -hmm. like diet pills and stuff. I mean, that's the same dream we've been sold since, you know, mm -hmm. forever. So that's not really anything new. No, it's the quick fix mentality. Right, right, which is a very American way. Mm -hmm. And God bless us. <laughs> I mean, I'm down to be a business person like the next person. Um, but this is kind of like the flip side of social media where I think mm -hmm. people are finding the right people they do trust and follow. And I think that's you know, a charging point force and tell me if I'm wrong, mm -hmm. um, in industries like this where, you know, it might not be government people or mm -hmm. leaders on paper, but social media or athletes or, 
uh, key voices or people in the mental health and wellness, mm-hmm. you know, they're starting to talk about what worked for them. And I mm-hmm. think that's a huge driver of this conversation. Oh, 100%. It's the transparency and the authenticity yeah. of these people. They're not just pushing a product because you know that they're profiting off it. Right. You're, they're pushing your product because they know it's going to be helpful. And I think that's honestly one of the things that distinguishes Herba from other CBD companies is that a lot of people do, quite honestly, get into this industry for the greed of things. Sure. And I think uh, I started this company with a dream of just hearing people's stories like I would as a, as a counselor you know, in, in the facility I was in and listening to how could this product help benefit this person and get them back to doing what they love the most. Um, so. And I think that's, not to cut you off, that is huge. That sounds mm-hmm. kind of, you know, simple and warm and fuzzy and like big companies mm-hmm. of like, if you're going to a bank for a loan, you'd say that they don't care what are the numbers. Mm-hmm. But right now, again, with social media, there's this transparency where kiddos can dig into the truth and find mm-hmm. out and they will take that extra time and spend that extra dollar, even if they don't have that much money for mm-hmm. the right thing and for people that are connected um, to the cause versus just seeking margins and, you know, a profitable business. Absolutely. And I think that's exactly why, like, we come to events like this is to connect yeah. with people face-to-face and to kind of push that message further because I think it's so powerful, too, when you can connect a face to a company. I think there are other companies out there that do have good products as well, Absolutely. but what they're, what they're, they're not humanizing their brands. And I think that's the thing about social media. That <laughs> it's a dirty word for some major corporates. I know. So if, I think if more people, you know – put their their face to their brand and really humanized it it's always i think even if a lot of people buy like let's say like a lot of people will buy a not so great product because the person selling it is somebody that they really like right um but then why not have a great product and also great staff behind it that's pushing it and you can also humanize the company by seeing them on social media like music to my ears i don't you probably heard any of my other cast but this i've and companies I've worked with, I beat this to death because mm-hmm. I see the power of influencer marketing and it's kind of what I did unknowingly until it became a thing. Mm-hmm. But I do see this power and this influence over our young people and our future consumers, our future leaders, everything. Um, and some of the people pushing those messages aren't necessarily connected to it or it's not authentic mm-hmm. or they're collecting a paycheck. And that's what it is. We're not going to mm-hmm. get rid of those. However, if you can find great companies, you can find great voices. I believe in marketing. I believe in influencer marketing. But you have to filter out and seek for the right people. And collectively, I think you put that together and you get, you know, money really does change things. Well, if you have the right companies and the right voices, you put it together. I really believe social change can happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's my rant there. But yeah, I, no. I'm I, pumped to hear you say this. I, I agree with that completely. I think most of the brand reps that we work with and a lot of my team, they're not people with, like, 300,000, 400,000, half a million followers online um, because a lot of those people are getting, you know, five, six thousand dollars a post to post this. I would much rather work with people who have two, three hundred followers, have tried our product, have loved it and want to push it because they have a genuine experience with that. And then when they post about it and they talk about it, people are going to connect with their experience. And I think that's super important. Like you were saying, influencer marketing is a great thing for companies. I think most are focused a little too much on getting the big fish and trying to reach more people as opposed to getting the right fish. <laughs> Who I, are gonna... Again, I, 27 years old, 28, do you say 27? 26, You're going to yeah. tell me 50 times. Um, <laughs> but either way, you, you don't understand how the head of the game that is. Like I've been in the you know mix for a minute. I've been with startups. I've been with high-end, you know, major companies, major sports apparel, what have you. And it's very, you do the same old thing. You work with the same old agency. They hire the same people and it's about numbers. Give me the booty model that has, you know, 50 million followers and da 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 And then they come back and I go, well, it didn't work. Well, it's like, right, because the basement creeper that is like the photo isn't going to spend 10 extra dollars for the protein shake or the CBD oil or whatever. They're just like you picture. So that is 
while that conversation is simple and transparent to us, that is miles ahead of where most of these agencies are having the ability to conversate and then execute a strategy to really monetize social media and uh, influencer marketing. So kudos to you. <laughs> You're getting gold stars right now. Um, but I would say, I, I, again, I think amongst like our generation, we're somewhat close in generation, mm -hmm. I think that's a conversation that's what's normal. And that's, again, the discrepancy between what's going on now and what's going to be happen, what's going to be happening um, and it's exciting because I think within that is massive opportunity, uh, business-wise as far as making money, but for all the right reasons. Mm -hmm. um, and just hard charging on the front lines and getting your voice out there is 100% the answer. Yeah, no, that's that's been my passion and that's where I come from as that mental health perspective is, again, going back to that connection. I want to be in front of the people who are buying products for me. I want to connect uh, and do all those things. I think there's so much power in it. Yeah. Uh, like we said, and then I also think there's power in providing something of really high quality. You mentioned something about cost. Like I could pay all these influencers to do this, or I can just keep putting more money towards like research and mm -hmm. product development and giving something of high, high quality to people so they actually feel the difference in this. So we're somebody too, like a lot of companies right now are putting products on the market and they're cutting a lot of corners. Well, and cost. the consumer doesn't know. Just they like supplement no industry, turmeric, for example, yeah. you never know if it's got black pepper or the curcumin mm -hmm. is actually digestible or blah, blah, blah. Like, you really have to dig. And mm -hmm. one, even if you're smart enough and know what to do, it's time you don't have, it's energy you don't want. I'd rather just somebody, an influencer, a coach, whatever I trust, mm -hmm. be like, which one do I get? Skip it. Um, it's a lot to know. Mm -hmm. And like you just said, and this is even, CBD is even more new space, I feel like, um, mm -hmm. where you just, you don't know what questions to ask. Mm -hmm. um, and so much of supplement, CD, everything is marketing. It's packaged, it's strategic, mm -hmm. and even if you don't get it, it takes a couple times to be like, it didn't work. Well, mm -hmm. no, you just bought shit product. Yeah. So tell me, why are you guys, what really differentiates you? Obviously, customer service, mm -hmm. putting the human side behind it, um, quality. Give, can you tell me like just some specifics? Absolutely. So I think you mentioned something about like having the right questions to ask, and um, there's a couple really interesting articles online if you just like Google search now. Like people are now writing more about what you want to ask of the companies okay. that are putting out. I think the first thing uh, is asking the source of where your hemp is being grown. Like regionally, or yeah, like, okay, like, so not where, like like where like if you were go to like a store, you know, you probably be more comfortable getting you know, fruit that was grown here in Indiana rather than sure. getting fruit that was grown in, like, Costa Rica or in Mexico. Uh, not saying that they don't have good quality, but they might not have the same regulations that we have here right. in the States for produce. Uh, so the same thing for hemp. There have been a lot of really reputable hemp farmers doing this here in the States for a while now, but a lot of companies are getting stuff from China and Europe, getting it sent here, getting it repackaged and saying it's from the U.S., or wow. they're getting their stuff out there, or... There's synthetics on the market, or there's some products that don't even contain CBD. Period. It's labeled no as way. Like hemp oil because people too, <laughs> like, don't have the knowledge of knowing what's the difference between hemp seed oil and CBD, like from hemp. Oh, enlighten me, tell me. <laughs> I, yeah, so I that's, that's kind of going off of, but yeah. So um, that's a big thing too right now. So hemp seed oil is just basically oil that's uh, received from the seeds. Okay. Um, of the hemp plant. It's so, okay, cool. so you have the, not to interrupt you, the hemp plant, yep. and then is one piece of it like the marijuana leaf, and then the seeds are obviously what so, it comes from? So the, the marijuana is actually a different plant. Entirely. Oh, it's a totally, so oh, they're, so yeah. I don't even know so this. So they're okay. two different, so they're both from the same plant family. Um, oh. So you have like the marijuana plant, 
and then you have the hemp plant. The marijuana plant is extremely high in levels of THC and very low in naturally occurring levels of CBD. Um, and then in the inverse, hemp plants are very high levels of CBD and very low levels of THC. And what does CBD even stand for? Cannabis? Cannabidiol. Uh, and okay. it's like a, it's um, a cannabinoid amongst a large group of cannabinoids and they're just chemical compounds found in that plant that help regulate, um, you know, our body essentially. That's like the layman terms of it. That's, for that, that's good. That's, that's deep like, enough for yeah, me. We'll see like, it's shallow into the pool. Um, and you actually do um, get cannabinoids naturally. They're produced in your body naturally and they're also producing certain things that we eat, black pepper, ginseng, broccoli, okay. carrots. Um, all of these things are used to regulate the endocannabinoid system. So ECS, we've been hearing that a lot lately. People are yeah. like, well, I didn't even know that we had that until I started. But again, we, we didn't learn any of this, or I didn't no. growing up, and I was in a sports and, fitness family. And biology no class. So every mammal has an endocannabinoid system. And so ECS, you'll see that acronym pretty much on every CBD website, or if they're a reputable one, should be talking about it. Um, and it helps regulate systems like the nervous system, immune function, mood. Um, and if we have like major stressors or imbalances and we're not getting enough cannabinoids, we might need supplement like a CBD oil. Just like if you're not naturally producing enough or getting enough from um, like stuff you're eating, like vitamin B or vitamin sure. D, you might need a supplement. Correct. Okay. Um, so all those things uh, help, and that CBD oil can help then where regulate. Did, where did um, the plants originate? Like where are they originally from? Um, so they've been used in Eastern medicine for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. Like okay. this is CBD is, is a new word for us, but it's not a new form of medicine. I think, I think it's like one cannabinoid out of many that has like popped up now into, into our culture, but it's been used for a very long time. Okay. Um, like the historical like research on it, like Chinese medicine or Eastern medicine in general. It's, I was, I was like amazed. I was like, I've never heard of it before, but it's been essentially used for well, I mean, again, that's like green tea. But like, oh my God, this is amazing. It's mm -hmm. been in China and Japan and Asian countries for mm -hmm. millions of years and it attributes to all these, you know, positive health effects and whatnot or just mm -hmm. post-meal drink, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but now it comes out, you know, we've got green tea diet. So I think that's kind of just the American way. Yeah, so I think it's just something that's been in other cultures for so long and it's had like such a strong healing component. It's not just coming over here and becoming kind of like the new buzzword. Like okay. a couple of years ago, was the medical marijuana industry. Now it's CBD. Everything has CBD in it now. There's CBD yeah. drinks, CBD foods. I saw a CBD pizza one time. Can you, I mean, does it digest that way? Again, like supplements, um, there's certain things you won't even digest. Yeah, there, uh, there's a lot of stuff on the market that's just, like CBD bath bombs are such a, um, like a, I, it's, it's such a placebo in my okay. opinion because a lot of that stuff you're not actually absorbing. Right. You know, the CBD oil, it's like kind of like, it, it really depends on how it's made too. With like some of these uh, CBD edibles, you have to ask yourself like if it's infused with the actual edible or if it's on the coating on the outside, if that's actually going to get digested, if it has the right amount of milligrams per gummy that it actually says it has, or a CBD pizza, for instance, like I mentioned, is it infused with the actual ingredients or did they just put a little bit on top and you don't and have like an actual, it. and you don't have an actual specified dose per slice or something like that like a lot of it's just a fad and a way to get people to it's all marketing and sales it's all marketing and sales well so okay so you said ask where it's from where it's from is huge so all of okay. our all of our yeah like off that large tangent yeah sorry no i'm, I'm like a professional <laughs> like tangent my, that's, yeah that's how my brain works so uh source is huge um stay away from companies that don't label their source because people that get there there there's really high quality hemp grown in um california in Colorado, in Kentucky, hey. yeah, 
Kentucky's where we get ours from, um, but companies that are proud to get it from the places that have been growing it for a very long time and have experienced it and cultivating and <clears throat> getting the CBD oil, extracting it, are going to list it on their websites. And if you're unsure, reach out to the company and ask them, hey, where do you guys source all your hemp from? Another thing, too, um, that's So it's kind of like an undercover expectation, like an unsaid Yes, rule. like... You would like you you would be very weirded out if you went into the grocery store and you saw all the fruits and none of the fruits had their origin on them. Right. So I always ask people, you know, why aren't you asking where this hemp is coming from, where it's sourced from? You're putting it into your body. It's no different than something you'd buy at the grocery store. When you always want to support local, anyways, from a financial uh, and community standpoint. A thousand percent, or at least an American, you right. know, American grown companies, because hemp is something that's super. It's bringing a lot of stuff to the American absolutely um, like industries farmers it's bringing a lot of jobs into the country so all like I said all of our hemp comes from Kentucky it's all from a single source farm so we don't source from some companies we'll get a little bit from Colorado a little bit from here a little bit from there a little bit from there but all of the products that we have are made from the same hemp that's grown on the same farm that's interesting to me because those are such different environments like that's why I was asking where the plant originated was it like rainforest was it like you know the planes, I mean, what, because it's, it's fascinating to me, and I, I know you can do greenhouses and manipulate the environment, mm -hmm. but it's Kentucky to Denver. <laughs> Denver, it shocks me that you grow anything. I but. know, and I think, I don't, I think it's just like, that, that that's interesting too, because it are, it is totally different environments. Yeah. I think the way it's grown is just substantially different. The soils are different. You know, is this the end game, like the product different from place to place? Um, it can vary, like in certain, like, like you'd have different strains of marijuana. You could have different strains of, of hemp CBD, uh, things like that. I, I've had great product from Colorado. I've had great CBD oil from California, and I've had great. Um, it comes down to, again, so source, like yeah. how long have they been growing it? Because you could get, you can get it from anywhere, really, that's been growing it for a long time. But if somebody's like, I've been growing it for like a year, maybe, and they don't quite have much experience, because that's something that's happening, too. A lot of people are popping up out of nowhere and just kind of growing hemp, you know. But if the consumer doesn't know, again, you see a monetizable angle and you kind of just run with it. Again. Um, that's crazy. Okay. So, the, I mean, so there is, there are these kind of unsaid rules amongst, like, the varsity players mm -hmm. in the CBD world mm -hmm. of, okay, so source. Um, Extraction method's huge. Um, so we use, and that'll be on the bottle? Uh, so it will be on the website. So we use okay. CO2 extraction. Um, which is, we don't, like, there's other ones like ethanol extraction or alcohol-based ones or ones that really heat up the components. Um, I would say CO2 extraction is probably the leading extraction method in the industry right now. It's going to give you the most clean, pure product, and it's also very eco-friendly. Um, Reminds me of, like, pressed juice, where it's got to be yeah. cold and all the, yeah, really yeah, yeah. the so it's kind of like that. That's, like, the industry standards. Then I would go after that, too. What is it made with? Okay. Um, we don't ever include any, like, red 40, blue this, yellow that, um, any harmful ingredients, any of the lotions that we have. Um, uh, I researched every single ingredient, custom formulated and pulled things out and put things in. Because um, I, I researched every single ingredient that the lab had given me because uh, I directly partnered with a lab. And I'm like, I don't like this one, that one, that one. If I Google searched it and it pulled up a controversial you know, research article or there are certain things about it. I pulled it up. I said it, and I said, let's change it. Let's make it more natural. Good for you. Okay. Um, same thing with the gummies, too. The gummies that we have don't have any food dyes in it or any artificial flavors. Which, usually, it's illegal in every country but ours, but that's a whole other yeah. podcast. Um, a lot of CBD gummies, um, quite honestly, it bothers me. Like, when, uh, when I first started trying CBD gummies, and I'd go into these places, and I'd get, like, a CBD gummy worm. And I would be like, okay, I'm, having, I'm eating this for the benefit of my health. But then I, there's a bunch of crap in it. Yeah. Okay. There's a bunch of like fillers, additives, just 
things that I mean I personally wouldn't put into my body. Are people still? I know you said marijuana and CBD are different, and now the more you mm-hmm. speak, I, I get the association. Mm-hmm. Do people go in eating CBD thinking they're going to get high? Um, I think people. I think a lot of people still do. I think okay. that's why education is a huge piece of what yeah. we do too. Constantly educating people, and that's like why I've tried to do you know more podcasts or videos, or I go on my Instagram and just you know talk about random different types of things or questions that I may get because there is that large stigma yeah. still that oh, I'll get high but CBD is not psychoactive there's absolutely no way you can get addicted or high off of taking CBD unless it's like a like a ratio one that's made with high levels of THC that you can go get in states where it's legalized gotcha. that's a different like beast on its own but um, regular like CBD oil that's sold and not in a state where medical marijuana is legalized you're, that's where you're going to find, and you're not going to get high from that at all. Okay. Um, so, yeah, no, I have to tell a lot of people that, though. They think they're going to, like, feel something off it. And then you also have to get people, too, to understand if they're not going to feel high, how they're going to know it's working. Right. So that's another piece of education, too. Um, and then, I guess, other things, too, would distinguish. I would just really... I asked know. for this. You know, I said, I'm like, <laughs> I like the environment. It's real. Real noises happen that happen, so... Here we go. <laughs> um, so yeah, going. So it's the origin of the hemp extraction methods. What's made with it? Um, to, I guess to just communicating, like what's like what are they putting out there? What's the company mm-hmm. putting out there? Um, what's their message? What's their purpose? What's their mission? Um, and this really, is really what you should be asked about anything you put mm-hmm. you're putting in your body. Like, and again, mm-hmm. we're not raised to to question things like this, or at least mm-hmm. I wasn't in our general you know education system. We don't dive into the minutia of nutrition mm-hmm. and the ramifications of what we consume. Um, but this is what you should be doing with everything. Supplements in any form. So mm-hmm. I'm glad that Especially CBD. Especially CBD right now because there is the issue with the regulation. And I would say the last thing, too, to really ask a, a brand is if they have lab, lab results. So um, just, again, summarizing all the different points, any high-quality brand in the industry right now is going to – tell you where they get their hemp from, how it's extracted, what it's made with, what it's mixed with, and they're going to show the lab results as well. They're going to have them either post on their website or when you reach out to them and say, hey, can I see the lab results for this CBD tincture, you know, 250 mint flavor, they should have something on record. So enough people are asking where they have this. That that kind of warms my heart because no other Mm -hmm. supplements have that. Enough people are asking this and enough states are demanding that in order for companies to sell in those states that they have to have it now. So like in the state of Florida right now, there was like my lawyer reached out to me a couple months ago and he's like, your product now has to have this, 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 and this in order for you to stay on par. There's a lot of companies that still don't do it and they'll still sell. Um, But eventually when the FDA, like I said, when they do come in and they really start to regulate, these are all the things. You're already good. I'm I'm good and all the companies that are doing this are good. Um, so if you check off all those boxes and the company's being super upfront and transparent with you, then I would say go ahead and buy that CBD oil. Also, look at price points, too. Well, I mean, that's like the whole other psychology. Are there, like, certain companies or people – I'm assuming it's a small world once you get into the mix of it, mm-hmm. um, just like fitness or CrossFit or whatever. Um, are there certain people, like, you won't work with, you already know, like, certain companies that have stigma around them mm-hmm. and certain good ones? I wouldn't say, like, certain – there's definitely been certain companies I've, like, modeled. Like, w- I've, like – looked at what they have going on I like certain components of what they do and how they're doing it, how they're operating it um I wouldn't say 
on the inverse, no one I wouldn't work with. I, I, there's definitely a ton of types of influencers I wouldn't work with. Sure. Um, <laughs> I mean, there are definitely, I, I've vetted all of the labs that I've, like, I've vetted tons of labs, tons of different yeah. places to work with. And what really sold me on the lab that I partner with now is it's business to business. So mm -hmm. I'm not a middleman. It's not like every single, like, there's the lab, then there's a the middleman, and then they're private labeling to me. It's like I have a direct relationship with the lab and constantly communicate, communication, uh, communication <laughs> with, uh, and I've only had a couple sips of beer. Was, so. It's something <laughs> in the room, man. It's not, it's not us yet. I know. It's the energy in here. Um, but it's the constant communication with the chemist, you know, with the owner of the company, and I'm, it's, it's just constantly being on top of things too um other labs were just like hey we have this product in large quantities we'll throw your label on it and call it a day and i didn't want that experience Ooh, yeah yeah i didn't want that because i didn't want to be like every single company out there um but that's so. what's normal that's where they can even like call you and say we're gonna do this which is mm -hmm. outrageous like mm -hmm. you work so hard to go one way and they're just gonna slap you the other but i i think companies mm -hmm. go with that and that's all supplement things like they or then they'll have a study that they funded. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's like, it's not a third party study. So you're like, oh, well your company said it's a good product. Okay. Like who's going to argue that? Yeah. Uh, and these are, again, our major players. These aren't yeah. startups. These are like our big dogs. So. Yeah. And I want to highlight, there are a lot of really good companies out there. Most of the good companies that I've seen or I've looked at their stuff and like, wow, this is really great. Or I like, feel like I like this or like pieces yeah. like that. They're all smaller companies. Do you think they come from personal space? Like you do like personal experience or like heart space of wanting to make the world a better place or whatever? Um, I definitely think I've seen a handful of companies that I've looked at their story. And I'm like, wow, I really connect to it. And then yeah. there's also... But then there's like the 75% of the space. Um, like I said, there's no, when I look into a company or a person or whomever, I want, I attach to their personal story, sure. why they're doing what they're doing. I'm more likely to, if I can get things local, like you said, because mm -hmm. it's right there, right in front of my face, something I can connect with. Um, and I think a lot of companies like going back to what we were saying earlier, are doing it for the money. They're not doing it for the right reason. And I think people should be, you know, buying, I'm not just saying Herba Essentials is the only CBD brand that has good stuff, but really get to know who you're buying who from. you're buying it from. I encourage you, if you don't buy, you know, from a brand like us, really know the brand that you're, you're buying for and that they're doing, they're saying what they're doing is right, um, that the product lines up with what they're saying and yeah. that they're not, they're not charging you an arm and a leg for the well, product as well. And I, I would even say I'm not against someone going in for the margins or mm -hmm. being the businessman or woman or Absolutely what have you. Not. Like, I'm down with that mm -hmm. so long as you're a legit business person and you 100%. are, you know, doing things. I I mean, maybe I, I want to, you know, promote CBD and maybe I don't mm -hmm. ever use it, but I think it's a phenomenal business angle. I think it can make the world a better place and then I hire the right team or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, I'm down with that. I'm down, again, with the right people propelling this conversation mm -hmm. or any health and wellness or positive conversation forward mm -hmm. um i will say though on a larger spectrum we won't go down this rabbit hole mm -hmm. the way that we vote with our dollar matters more than ever so the companies we are supporting the way we're spending our money impacts our political system mm -hmm. and w where things are going on such a larger level so i always say that to people and i'm like again i'm down to support the business person the small business mm -hmm. large what have you so long as their intention is, is, is there mm -hmm. um and that's not always super transparent but i always try to carry the awareness of knowing like, mm -hmm. okay, if I'm supporting one cause, it's, you know, basic opportunity cost, I'm not supporting another. 
So that can be overwhelming when you're grocery shopping or whatever, you're buying a million products, but it's kind of in the back of my mind because given our political state, we've got a big election coming up and mm-hmm. it's a overwhelming process to think about social change oh, right now. But I think you can pull back and be like, okay, just like this conversation, what am I supporting here? Well, I can't change the world overnight. I can't do big things, mm-hmm. but I can be slightly more conscious of what I'm consuming, where I'm spending my money, uh, Larger scale. So, anyways, I always like to pull an opportunity yeah. of how we could do small, small changes, small things, just like oh, seeking out better. A thousand CD. percent. I think going back to what you said, because it is, it is a great business industry to be in a thousand percent. Um, and but you said something key, which is you'd hire the right team, mm-hmm. which I think is amazing. If you don't know anything about CBD, you should be bringing in people that absolutely have knowledge about this. And I think that's the one fact that I'm like a lot of people are starting it and they're giving you know, false information, false promise. But, is, but again, this is industry just, standard. Yeah. Like they're selling collagen protein and they're not mm-hmm. athletes. Or mm-hmm. um, basket, like imagine a football player trying to teach you basketball. They might be a phenomenal athlete, but they speak football. Like it's not, it's a different impact. However, in the business world, this literally happens all the time. You have a chunk of cash, you have an idea, you think it just works. And you run with it. Yeah. And then, but I think a lot of companies now are, again, with, I'm going to keep saying with the FDA coming in, a lot of companies yeah. are in for that rude awakening. They're not preparing themselves for the eventual, that's going to happen. There's going to be a regulation on the industry. This has gotten so big and it's going to continue sure. to get bigger that they're going to have no choice but to you know, start coming in. And that's going to weed out a lot of companies, a lot of well, little companies that, that aren't understanding what's going to happen here. And that's going to happen. However, they also don't have owners or we're not, it's new that owner, business owners like you are out there talking about it. You're mm-hmm. down to be the face of the company. You're down to like get in front of things, have a podcast, do a YouTube channel, mm-hmm. talk to influencers you do care about. Like that's new to the business world. I mean, we're not mm-hmm. talking like yesterday new, but it's within like the last 10 years. Um, and I would say really within like the last three years mm-hmm. to where people are really starting to understand uh, the power of that. And there, there will never really be mm-hmm. regulation there at all. No. So as warm and fluffy as like the heart piece sounds, that's kind of like where we're going on the consumer side mm-hmm. um, to really dial in what we're doing. Like the regulation I think is critical. Mm-hmm. But I, I think the consumer is getting savvy enough to where like they find the right people to guide them accordingly. And regulation or not, this is shifting our behavioral patterns, our, the way we spend our money. And in turn, again, this is reaching. But political conversation where our country views and spends our money on a larger level. Like there's influencer marketing and, and disrupting this, you know, traditional system is very powerful. It's a big deal. Oh, 100%. slow change, but it's big. Yeah. And I think it starts with like smaller companies. Yeah. hundred percent. It definitely starts with smaller companies. Cause I think the motivation to change is so much bigger because yeah. they're so much smaller. Like I know my motivation is probably, a little bit or a lot of bit higher than a company that's already up there making billions of dollars a year off the industry yeah. because I'm trying to work change on a small level and that's again why I do put my face to the brand and I think that's important I think that will always be important I think it's mm-hmm. funny that we say like a uh, person-to-person marketing is such a new idea but really it's how businesses were ran 50 to 60 years ago it's the yeah. only reason why businesses were able to be successful because you knew these people because right. you trusted these people and I think with social media, I think it's like both an amazing thing and a bad thing because it, it, I think it pulled a lot of people away from one another and created the separation. But people don't realize it's also a very, very powerful tool for just connecting to more people at a faster yeah. pace. And you can put your face out there. You just have to do it in the right ways. Like with responsibility. Mm-hmm. Again, like, and these are all like life conversations we learned in kindergarten. They're now <laughs> we're being somewhat held accountable as adults. Um, whether it's the government or our peers or, you know, our bodies saying we, we don't like this, we can't tolerate it. 
Um, but this is stuff like you should just be a good person. And that mm -hmm. sounds so, again, warm and fluffy and cliche. However, it circles back if you're not. And now, more than ever, social media is a major filter and it's a buffer and consumers, people can call your shit out. Mm -hmm. And even if they don't call it out or make it, you know, online, make a presence about it, they just quit buying and they'll tell their, their you know, their five friends and their five friends will tell their five friends. And influencer marketing is nothing more than glorified word of mouth. Oh, absolutely. It's very old school. It's simple. And people overlook the power in that. And what's funny is you don't, it costs so much as a company to recruit new consumers, to market to them. And let's say you spend a dollar for every click or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Then you go out there and you don't have great customer service, you don't have great product, what have you, and you lose one person, and you lose two, then you lose three, and so you're just letting all these go. Meanwhile, you're spending, you know, ten times that to recruit new consumers, and the, you know, turnover conversion there is usually pretty low for what you're spending. So, but it's just like kindergarten. Be nice people, you'll make some friends. You're an asshole, you're not going to make friends. I mean, it's kind of this, it's the same simple principle. Oh, yeah, you'll um, definitely lose customers that way. Yeah. And they are the bloodline of the business. So Absolutely. that's why, too, even um, going back to you said looking at other companies, I always look at how companies communicate with their customers and wondering how I could be just a, the best service to them because without yeah. them, I, it baffles me that some companies, like on social media, like won't write a customer back. Right. Or they'll get so, like, the beast will get so big. Yeah. Well, I was to say, what about scalability? Like, how, mm -hmm. what's what's the turning point there? Well, I think, I, I mean, my mentality is, is when I no longer can handle the amount of people reaching out to me, I'll hire another person that can help me with the load. Because the bigger you get, the reason why companies are losing so many customers is because the one thing that got them in the door and the connection with you initially or the, the feeling that they're special and that um, they're needed for, you know, your business and that they're important if they lose that emotional feeling it doesn't matter if you have a great product they're no longer going to feel special they're no longer going to feel like hey this company really values that i'm you know supporting them right i'm going to go to another small company that just started up and they message me you know, every time i order and say thank you or they wow. do something so i think that's so powerful so for me it's never okay i'll get so big and i just can't do it anymore and right. so I'll get, eventually i'll get really big and i'll just have to hire more people to just keep doing the same things i'm doing well i mean that costs you just like all these extra pieces cost you you know time and energy wise and eventually mm -hmm. monetarily um but that's big do you think being a former athlete and having this team mentality i'm a huge proponent of uh, life skills through sports and particularly mm -hmm. as young females like being involved in sports i think are huge um you know great thing for life skills of confidence mm -hmm. and teamwork blah, blah, blah. do you think that's really helped you to get where you're at today and build a business and foster those relationships xyz mm -hmm. a thousand percent i think growing up in that team mentality because there's a difference between a boss and a leader yeah a boss yes. is someone who just tells people what to do and kind of pushes them into doing it a leader is somebody that works with the team and they all help each other get to that same destination i there's a quote uh, one of my friends told me, you can get there faster by yourself, but you can get further with a team of people. And so that's always been my mentality. I don't care if it's a brand rep, a marketing person, a customer, everyone to me is on the same level. Mm -hmm. We're all part of, I call it the Herba family. Like that's yeah. how I introduce or talk to people on social media because I, that's how I look at it as a family. Yeah. Just the way I looked at it, like the team, you need everyone doing what they need to do in order for it to be successful. Yeah. So again, going back to if I have to hire more people, will that cost me money? Probably it will cost money, absolutely. But for me, it's always qual like quality over cost. Quality yeah. over cost every single time. That's it. That's, that's always been huge in my message for the company.
Is and that's it. big. And that's mm-hmm. hard sometimes to choose, like, let me spend more money because you don't see immediate return. Mm-hmm. I see this with clients. I'm like, all right, what's the ROI? Yeah. <laughs> well, you got to give me a couple years because yeah. literally we're fostering relationships. We're building this from the ground up. And, mm-hmm. yeah, I can throw you up a shack on shitty foundation. Yeah. Or we can build the foundation and really go slow. Yeah. Um, that's a battle I have to this day. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. And that's why I have to walk away from, you know, some large opportunities. But it's for the short term because then yeah. I look like shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it's not the right heart space, but, mm-hmm. uh, good for you for having that mentality and God bless sports because it is such a phenomenal opportunity to learn some of these things before. Such a great tool, honestly. Oh, it for kept sure. me out of trouble. <laughs> well, there's <laughs> that too. The sense of teamwork, <laughs> um, leadership. I don't know. It was, it was great. I, I definitely attribute athletics to most of what I do in my life. Most of the principles, principles and morals, even yeah. I use in my business. It's a hundred percent. It's huge. Yeah. Well, so on that note, we'll pivot a little bit. Um, tell me about regulation around kiddos and CBD. Like, mm-hmm. is there like an, uh, a moral standpoint or is it like a, da- a daily vitamin? Like, what's your mm-hmm. standpoint of kids and CBD? I, I mean, so I guess if you were to talk about it from like... Are you good in the sun really quick? Oh, is yeah. That no, no, it's okay. fine. She's getting a full uh, on tan right now. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean... <laughs> I'm just jealous. Yeah. Keep going. <laughs> um, so I think from a regulation standpoint, it's really in the industry standard right now, it's 18 plus. For what CBD. does that mean? Well, so people, it's basically... In order know. to purchase CBD oil online or in person, you have oh, to you be at least 18 year older. Okay. Uh, but there's a large conversation and there's a lot of people, if you are somebody who buys CBD oil for your children, I feel like that's, um, they're kind of keeping that in the parent space. Like there's, companies aren't directly marketing it to parents for children. I think they're allowing it to be the moral choice of the parents. Like, is this what's healthiest for my child? And how do you feel about that? I personally think, like, when I have children, the regulations are going to be so different, but I would give my kid uh, CBD oil. Just daily? Like the pop almost? Probably not daily. Um, I think, like anything, you kind of have to use it in moderation, unless it's something like a severe, like, chronic condition. Like cancer or or inflammation or injury recovery or something like that. A thousand percent. Um, But, like, headaches, like stomach aches, you know, different things that they have. Maybe it's, like trouble sleeping or yeah. I don't know they fell down on the playground and they use one of like the topical lotions for healing you know something instead of having to or they get their wisdom teeth out you know because all these things like drugs and narcotics endocrine yeah. system the, we can go a million different the ways. amount of pain pills that they give you is outrageous that's a whole different Business conversation man. on its own but yeah. yeah I feel one day when I have children this is a, a product I stand behind 100% um, and, and when I have kids, I, I want to have an alternative. I'm definitely not going to be one of those parents that's so like anti this, anti that. Sure. Um, there, like I said, there's a time and a place for everything. And there are certain things that you do need traditional medicine for prescriptions for, yeah. um, but you also need a balance. I think my parents would have been like, I would always, I was either my lacrosse friends or I can't remember, what, I've got CrossFit lacrosse. And one of them were like, yeah, my parents would give us trip juice. And I was like, what is trip juice? And she's like, when we're traveling, it was like Benadryl and juice. Oh and I'm like, that's probably a good idea. Like, <laughs> I'm not a mom, but if, if I, being on the plane, like even traveling with my dog, like mm-hmm. it's a thing. Like, it's a whole thing. So if CBD was an option and you're a trip juice fan, Listen, I mean, sometimes it's worth your sanity to have your kid take a nap. I give my fur child CBD <laughs> just so sometimes, you know, he can chill out. So I'm it's not real. opposed. If, it, if it's got the benefits like like you see it does and, and a lot of research is now coming out behind it, I know I know there's at least a handful of, of people who use our products that yeah. most likely use it with their children as well. Like I said, I can't directly market it um, okay. due to regulations, but 
I think it becomes the parent's choice at that point. And there are a lot of parents who are very pro CBD for their children, especially oh, the sure. ones that have these like chronic conditions. Do you see the um, like a crossover in that community where they're also you know into exercise or sports or eating healthy? Like, is it a certain kind of individual that mm-hmm. is or culture that's into this, or is it kind of hit and miss? Like, because I'm down to eat healthy. Obviously, I like tequila. Like balance yeah. that's the point of all this but um eat healthy train what have you but cbd really has not come up a lot mm-hmm. um until now so i think i would be the target market but mm-hmm. i just again i don't hear a lot of it and again i live in it yeah. so what does that culture look like that's coming what is your consumer like? i think so the consumer so for children or just in general i mean just i think in general i, I would say the purchaser like is it so families? different is it, it's oh okay so different so well the purchaser for like children they're like i've had i'm customers of all different ages, all different racial backgrounds, everything, like different cultures, everything. I can't pin a specific consumer and be like, that is my consumer. Sure. I've had so many people, um, just to so many different stories, reach out. I have a lot of, we do have, because um, our um, company specifically, we have a program for veterans. We do 20% off for life for all veterans. And wow. we also have a chronic pain management um program as well that also also offers um we have two different ones either a 15 percent off for life or a 20 percent off for life kind of depending on like what it is essentially that you're dealing with okay um and a lot of that's faith-based so i take your yeah. word for it i don't ask for like medical records things like that uh because chances are when people are talking about their stories they're really not you know making well, it up and if there's and one if or they two are, in the and if they are making it up they probably do still need to yeah, you know, if, they're, if they're making it up um, so due to those two programs, we do have a lot of people who are ex-military, ex-police, ex-firefighters. Um, we also do have a lot of people with, you know, fibromyalgia, seizure disorders, um, there's ton- tons of different things. I can't, some, some disorders I've never even heard of, and they'll just talk about their stories and, and kind of how it's helped them. So how do they know, on that note, how do they know how much to take? Do you guys help, like, even with the prescription, or? Um, so we can't really, it's 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 hard, because we can't really suggest Hang it. On, Sarah's calling. I would yeah. never answer a phone, but be golden, founder. I'm putting her on speaker. Hey, you're, you're, we're in mid-cast, and I'm putting you on speaker. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry. It's okay. Are you here? Yes, I am. There's no C's on that, the lockbox. Oh, I did. I locked it. Okay, we'll pause and I'll come down. Give me two seconds. Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Bye. All right. Oh, peace. Uh, we're going to take one second pause really quick. Pause. All right, we're back. We had a uh, minor a sponsor calling coming through. <laughs> we have one of the founders of the conference rolling through. She's over there in a gold skirt doing business. So we've got a full situation <laughs> happening. Um, okay, so we're talking about prescription. How do you know what to take? Do people come to you? Because that's a huge responsibility on your end. Mm-hmm. Like, that's kind of like the doctor's role. Like, how does that conversation happen? Um, so there's, like, a suggested use, like, just based on, you know, uh, there's, like, different charts based on how many milligrams for how much pain you're in. Um, so there's, like, different... Well, that's subjective, too, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is subjective. So it's a lot of, um, I tell people, usually, I'm like, I suggest starting out with a dropper full of... You know, our lowest one, like a two, 250 milligram, based on like where they're at. They're like, I have a little bit of aches and pains, not so bad. If I have like chronic pain, maybe I'll recommend like a 500. If they have like severe pain or like a severe chronic condition, I'll do like a thousand or above. Okay. In terms of milligrams. And I'll suggest that I can't be like, I recommend or you should do this. Um, and then it's also based on, you know, body weight, muscle mass. I was going to say like things. male, female, like all that basic it, it stuff. It depends on so many factors. And it's also, somebody can be really sensitive to CBD. Like, it only takes me like, one gummy to feel like what it might for you three or four 
Um, Are so, you like that with alcohol too? Like, is there any oh, correlation oh, 100%. there? hundred percent. Okay. So you I'm, only get one beer. I'm like two. I'm two. <laughs> okay. I'm a two beer kid. So. Okay. Um, so definitely, I, I don't know if it has any correlation with that or not, but um, I'm just sensitive to substances in general. Uh, some That's good for your pocketbook. Oh, 100%. <laughs> um, okay. So I just tell people to really give yourself two weeks to play around with the doses. Start with the smallest minimum dose that we would suggest and then kind of up it from there if you're not feeling anything. Then I'll say like, oh, if you notice like a couple of days you go off it, go back on it. It's really kind of getting to know your body. So, I mean, so then, so physical pain, what about mental health? Is that, is it the same conversation? Start it's the same, yeah, it's okay. the same conversation. It's like, okay, well, if you know you're most anxious in the morning, okay, take a half a dropper full of this in the morning and see and kind of go from there. If it's not helping, you're not noticing anything different. Now let's go up to a full dropper and then we'll keep adjusting. Like, but most people, they'll get a good sense of it within the first week or two of having the products. I've never really had a continuation of conversations with people. Oh, okay. Um, because I think companies in general just don't have the conversation initially, period. Right. Um, so I do try every time somebody reaches out to kind of talk to them a little bit about it, and I've never really had someone come to me two, three, four, five, six times, you know. Um, so, so what if, so then, okay, so you have, um, your injury, you're recovering from it. What yeah. is the difference in that conversation from somebody that wants to take it on the daily? Um, or is that a similar conversation? It can be a similar conversation, uh, depending on what they're taking it for. If it's like, Hey, I just want to use this. You know, sometimes I'll get minor aches and pains. It might just be part of their daily wellness routine, just keeping balance in the body. Or if it's, mm -hmm. I have severe anxiety so badly, I can't get out of bed every day. It might be, you know, a conversation of, okay, that as, as somebody too who might have severe anxiety like three or four times a week. Okay. That could be similar depending on like the products, uh, the person. Again, it's so, it's so subjective. Okay. Um, there's really no perfect answer for it. That's why I think a lot of companies don't really get into it because you can't be like, okay, this will be great for you. And then like 500 other people in your same situation. Right. Which again is nutrition and supplements in general mm -hmm. or alcohol or whatever. Like you have to get to know your body. I mean, this is foreign conversation for mm -hmm. most people because we just didn't grow up that having that awareness. Mm -hmm. At least I didn't. Um, so tell me how you feel about. Uh, so we got mental and physical health. What about like in the athletic space? You you hear like these mm -hmm. NFL players, some of them turning down major contracts because they can't take CBD or what have you. Is mm -hmm. the NFL? Did they ban all? Yeah, CBD? they banned all CBD. I thought so. Okay. I had a, Are they partnering um, with Johnson and Johnson? Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> no, because I have know. a I have a friend and also somebody who lives in the uh, same apartment complex as I do, and he plays professionally in the NFL. Okay. And I was like, oh, well, maybe I could get him to you know do some influencer marketing for it, and uh, come to find out that they had banned it completely. Yeah. Um, there was some famous player that turned down a multi-million dollar contract or something because they couldn't take it and he's like, listen, I can't play without it. Mm -hmm. And it, it's crazy because I know uh, Rob Gronkowski, he just recently, I forget the company, but he recently started endorsing CBD oil okay. after he recently went into retirement. So a lot of these athletes are turning to it. It's huge in the UFC right now. Sure. Well, if anybody knows, any professional mm -hmm. athlete, you're cutting any corner, whether it's plant-based or steroids mm -hmm. overseas or what, there's a lot going on we don't know about. Every major UFC fighter you know right now has a CBD sponsor. Every okay. single one of them. Like, UFC is disrupting the game on so many levels. I love it. Yeah, no, okay. it's, it's crazy. It's it's really huge in the athletic space right now. Is CBD. that in a, it's and it, everything feedback I've heard from you thus mm -hmm. far is everybody's kind of a customer. Have you picked out certain demographics you want to tackle? Not even from a monetary standpoint, mm -hmm. but just from I think we could create the most change here. Like UFC, there's tons of space to speak freely. Yeah. Logo shorts, yeah. do all this stuff. Uh, maybe in a mental health situation, mm -hmm. which is, yeah, nobody's gone after. Have you picked out anything specific so yet? So I've actually 
largely worked in the recent months to move away from the athletic space. Okay. I think there's way too many companies in existing in that space right now. Yeah. And it's not exactly the market I want to be known for, not for any bad reasons, but just I think there's so many companies that have just different or more relatable marketing to that specific group of people. Um, and I kind of, since I have my mental health background, I want to kind of be untraditional and focus on the veteran space. I want to focus on, you know, mental health centers and holistic centers, the 55 plus community, people with disabilities. Yeah. These are all groups of people that are most vulnerable and I think that really need it and also can't really afford it. So that's why yeah. we try to make our product super affordable as well. And then why we have those programs on top of it. Um, one question really quick, but then I have another one about insurance. Um, what about retired athletes? Like, I mean, uh, I don't like to think I'm that old, but like my body's mm -hmm. beat to shit for mm -hmm. the most part. Um, I wouldn't, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm not, in certain athletic spaces, everyone knows everybody takes drugs, it's known, it's fine. Yeah. For the most part, competing wise, I'm pretty, I'm very against it. Yeah. Uh, because it just creates an unfair training space. But your, your post athletes, I think there's a whole community or post professional sport athletes, if you were mm -hmm. competitive athletes, I should say. There's a huge space for that where they're now taking their athletic skills, you know, whether it's lifestyle or nutrition or physical health, um, that are carrying into lifestyle. So it's mm -hmm. like I might not be a pro athlete anymore, but now I'm yeah. living a certain way and training my kids a certain way. Is that a demographic for you? Because um, definitely, I don't think it's like professionally. Like for instance, my mom was a huge athlete. Like her. Whole I should life. just say like avid. Yeah, just athletic enthusiast. Exactly. Exactly. I don't know what the right label is. But. Um. So she she was like, actually, you should mention me on the podcast Go. you're doing. Hey, so, mom. Hey, mom. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know where you got your sales side from. Yeah, literally. <laughs> Uh, so she was, she never really knew much about CBD, but like I said, she's got the whole holistic mentality and she's somebody she played, you know, basketball, softball. She's the one that, you know, yes. had a basketball in my hands at a young age. Um, and she was super athletic her whole life. Used to bike like, I think she was saying like 15 to 20 miles a day at one point in her life. Shitload of cardio. Go yeah. Girl. And then later in her life, I mean, she's always been super active too, but she was um, diagnosed with Hashimoto's. So oh, like okay. uh, hypothyroidism and she was like, had this like small period of not being as active. Um, just kind of cause you get super sluggish, you know, things like that. She started taking CBD oil and she started biking again. She got a bike and I think she just recently told me, she's like, Oh, I just did five, you know, I'm, I'm 55 years old and I just did five to six miles on my bike. She quit smoking. Completely. So do you think this is, that's, this all sounds like a mental change. Like I oh, think people yeah. think like, Oh, it's physical. Your joints feel better. But no, this sounds no, like an attitude change. Yeah. A thousand percent. And she's, like I said, she's always been super healthy, super active, but there was that small period of time where that did take a toll on her. And then she was like, she called me, she was so happy. She's like, yeah, I just bike five, six mi like miles. And she was like, the next morning I thought I was going to be so sore. She said, I took, I think she either took some of the capsules and some of the oils before she went to bed. And she said she woke up the next morning and she felt amazing. What? Yeah. And then she's also been, she, any, any problems or any pains that she has associated with her Hashimoto, she takes the CBD oil and she is just on a different, like I said, she's. She just totally like changed her mentality wow. around. And that's and, and this is kind of why I bring up the post sport athlete, whatever mm -hmm. it is, post competitive zone. Yep. Um, because it's one thing like physically when you quit, you know, competing or doing what you did physically. Yep. It's it, the way that impacts your mentality and the mm -hmm. lack of like hormones and serotonin that's released and the the, the, the chemical body yep. um uh components that quit that cease to exist yep. really change the mentality. Like yep. it's huge. Uh, game changers and then you do see depression you do see mm -hmm. and you then you lose your sports I mean there's such a large conversation on that that's why I do yeah. think it's 
not a monetized language or a community, mm-hmm. but like it's a big conversation. Yeah, like we have a lot of like D1 athletes who are retired um, yeah. that are with us. Uh, actually, my business partner, he owns uh, two supplement shops. Um, so he's oh, so he knows from that space. Oh, yeah. Perfect. And uh, you're getting all these yeah, little yeah, connections. Okay. And I and I, you know, sought him out. I actually found him through social media. So we connected through Instagram, uh, randomly. I just reached out to him. He got involved with me. Uh, but he's one of those guys that's super knowledgeable about supplements. He has really high quality products that he works with. He's super passionate about. He's he I think he owned his first uh, location when he was 21. Um, and he was a D1 athlete, had a what know, bunch of, he played football. Oh, okay. And he had a bunch of like problems with his back. And then he uh, recently got into a motorcycle accident. Oh. Super lucky. He's a big, he's a very big duty weight lifts, you know, he was athletic his whole life. Okay. Uh, very lucky to have walked away from that situation with only a couple of, you know, bumps, bruises, and I think like one fractured rib. Wow. Um, and through his whole thing, he maybe used pain, pain medication maybe one day and the rest of the time he was on CBD. Oh, wow. Our CBD the entire time, and he was a huge advocate for this. Okay. After he had gotten, you know, into that situation. So he was, he's a huge proponent on it, but he has that amazing story. He, you know, had that from being an athlete and also, you know, going through that experience of getting into an accident. Well, I don't think a lot of consumers, I would love to see the science just because, but truthfully, mm-hmm. I'm a big believer. Like, I've had, I don't know, four knee surgeries, one major ACL, mm-hmm. and then cleanups after that. They weren't that big a deal. Pain meds never worked for me. It made yeah. me loopy. Like, the first one was so bad, you just need to pass out and lay there. Yeah. Um, but after that, it really didn't help. Mm-hmm. And I inflame, my knee stays inflamed to this day, and I'll pick your brain on your suggestions after the podcast. But um, I just think there's there, there there's such a conversation around maintaining that health and mm-hmm. lifestyle and everything after your surgery, sports, whatever you were doing before, mm-hmm. um, and then maintaining that mental state so you yep. can maintain your physical state so yeah no I a thousand percent believe that that's part of it as well because once somebody who's been active their whole life and they're not learning in their sport like you said there is changes who you support. are exactly yeah. but then being able to feel great like having your body feel great with the health of taking care of it and using things like CBD oil can then relate back to making you feel amazing because you can go out and do other active things like like I said, for my mom, for example, she's not biking 20 miles a day anymore like she was when she was younger, but she's biking five to six, so she's right. still doing something she loves because she's able to feel great in her body, what she can do with it now. Right. And that's huge for people, allowing them to continue to still have that quality of life and to do th- the things that they love. Maybe not as, on such an intense level to where you're, like, hurting the body or, um, or pushing its limits, but to where you can still enjoy life and be active, right, and well, love what you do. And if we had... If everybody was just a little bit happier, I think we'd have a lot less drama in the world. Oh, truthfully, a I mean it's a it's a very simple it's not a simple fix, but it's a it's an easy conversation and an easy angle to look down yeah. um, and understand that if we all just pulled back and took a little more time for a little more awareness and you know helped ourselves get to that better space, mm-hmm. the larger conversation I think would be much easier. Yeah, some oh, other podcasts need to like bathe in CBD oil. Yeah, well, there's that too. They all might need an energetic cleanse, yeah. <laughs> maybe some tequila, depending on what yeah, your preferences are. Sage yeah, exactly. exactly. All of that. Yeah. Full, full cleanse. Um, okay, really quickly, we'll wrap up pretty soon. But I want to know how. Who said on on the note that your mom? You said you have your family's entrepreneurial. Mm-hmm. How did you, as a female business owner, start to navigate that initial space? Like we've talked about, see the product and the mm-hmm. passion. What about like logistics? How did you find like the bottles? It sounds like the lawyer was the key connecting bottles, yeah. but all the the details that I mean, when I started a business, I didn't have any of these conversations mm-hmm. myself. I'm just like I'll just figure it out as I go. Yeah. For the most part, it worked, but mm-hmm. major learning curve. 
What was that experience like for you? Um, for me, I think one of the biggest things was realizing that if it was something I didn't know, I need to ask for help. Sure. So turning to like the experts, I think the best piece of advice I could have for anybody trying to start a business is don't assume that you can do everything perfectly and alone. Um, like there are some things that I'm really knowledgeable in, and then other things that I need to hire somebody who's extremely knowledgeable in. And you don't have time to learn, but they don't. Have, no, I don't yeah. have time to do everything. I'm not a jack of all trades. I'm a master of a couple of things, and then yeah. people who are masters at the other things that I need to make my business run successfully, I'll hire them and consult with them. And I think it did all start with my mom. Like every every other day, I'd be calling my, my mom, mom. Like, "Hey, mom, help me out. Hey, mom, do this." Day. Oh, because okay. She was a, my mom was a total badass. Like a female business owner at one point, she was running uh, twelve different convenience stores. Oh, so she comes from like corporate space. So my my family is actually so like I said I have Armenian roots and when my family came to this country they were super. Poor. You're not a Kardashian, are you? No, I'm I know not. that was a basic <laughs> TM joke. I had to just because I knew you cringe uh, in your I soul. Am, I am not a Kardashian, <laughs> no. Um, but same same entrepreneurial mindset. Fair, I'll give fair. them that. That's what's up for real. I'll give them that. They're very smart business women. Hell yeah. Um, and so when my family came over, it was right after the genocide, and my family oh, was like okay. super poor. You know what I'm saying? So when they came over, it was like nothing but the shirts on their backs type situation. Wow. And they worked really hard. And um, my great-great-grandparents, they started this single-owned, like it was just a regular garage, like convenience store. And then it turned into like my family's oil company. And then it turned into like a bunch of different convenience stores and truck stops and restaurants all over the state of New Hampshire. What? Yeah. Wait, wait, and how long was, what was the duration of this, so this process? this three generations. So like 40, 50 years or longer than that? I think I would think like 60, 65 years. Okay, okay. So it's been in my family for a very, very long time. Um, and That's so, not that long when you think about it. That's yeah. a long time. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But like when you see some of these major corporations and mm -hmm. they say, I mean, American history isn't that old in itself, but 65 years is not that that long no. to go from zero to 100. Like yeah, that's crazy. They really built it and it was because of my, my Nana and my two great aunts, all female business yes, owners. Okay. And they all, so they're all in their late, 90s right now mid to late 90s and they all recently one of them still my aunt margaret my great aunt margaret she still goes to work every single day and i believe she's 94 now what every single day my Girl, genetics plus cbd you're gonna be 207 yeah literally. <laughs> <What the laughs> okay. i feel like right when they start freezing people <laughs> yeah. i don't know if that's good or bad but yeah. okay I'll turn so that's that's trickled down uh i guess the chain and my brother is actually my brother's two years younger than me and he also lives in arizona and owns his own marketing company so, right, so did you utilize him for marketing at all? Oh, yes, I absolutely Yes, yeah. okay, keep it <laughs> in the does, fans. Yeah, he does like ClickFunnels copywriting. Yes. Uh, like email list marketing. So he's super smart too. So it kind of, it's been in the family. I guess it was in my blood and I didn't realize it until I found something that I wanted to go and do on my own. Okay, so I got to go down this rabbit hole just for a second. Um, strong women, 65 years ago, what was, how culturally... I mean, coming to America, women mm -hmm. weren't really, I'm watching The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel right now, I'm yeah. blown away with some of, and I know it's well written, but some of it I'm like, whoa, that was a thing, I forget, mm -hmm. it wasn't that long ago. Yeah. How, how did these strong females in your life exist in, like, how did that exist in your society or where they were coming from? Like, were women of force in general? Was it just your family? Like, I think it was just my family. I mean, my great-great-grandfather, he was a large role in the company as well, but then um, as it got passed down the generation of my Nana and her sisters, because it's my Nana, my great aunt Margaret, my great aunt B, and then my great uncle Johnny. He didn't do much. Wait, so how many kids were in this family? <laughs> it's actually a really small family, so okay. it's them. So it's the four of them as siblings, and then um, my Nana had my, my mom and my uh, uncle Floyd, and then I have two other cousins and a brother. So I have a very wow. small family, okay. very, very small family. Um, but the three women are the ones who really, like my Nana, 
and my two great aunts are the ones who really powered this business from something small to something huge. I just got the chill. You're like in a legacy line here. Yeah, this is like so crazy. My okay. aunt was telling me a story about how even when she was in college, um, she, she realized there was a lot of people who were skipping class, and she'd always tell me the story, uh, and she would start writing study guides down. She had really nice handwriting. She'd write study guides down, and then she'd go and she'd make copies of these study guides and sell them to everyone in the class for $10. Because I needed her in college yes. for real talk. Like, well, as athletes, we kind of had a community bank of mm-hmm. situations. Um, but yes, okay, so yeah. it's like, it is in it's the like, roots, it's man. It's deep, deep rooted, and then, then she just took the business to a whole new level, and then it was kind of passed on to my uncle, my mom. My mom was in that world for a very long time that she decided she wanted like a little bit more freedom because my mom's like a free bird she likes you know to come visit me to do things so now she works for like an italian imports company but she still very much like sets her own schedule does her own thing yes has different accounts um so she's she's doing it but her her mind is on business and every time i honestly like the number one person i could say that really helped me through this experience was my mom because That's awesome she had the the business experience the advice she might not know everything about CBD oil. Um, it's always it, similar conversation, though. It's a very similar conversation, and she was just so successful in her lifetime and still is with business that anytime I need something or I need to consult, I go to her. Yeah. Or I go to my nana. Or uh, I go to my great aunt, and they always have. They're always giving me like little pieces of advice. Did you yeah. know that's huge, right? Like, not Absolutely. a lot of females can say that. And you got a lot on your waist, on your shoulders, because you got to look alive, man. They're I know. like carrying a lot, and you're about to like I know, carry the and throne. I'm just, yeah, and uh, I think that was cool too, because something that was important to me, because you know my brother and I were given the opportunity to go and be the next to kind of take over the business, and yeah. it's just not where our passions lie. Like we just didn't, you know, we weren't like, yeah, let's stay in New Hampshire the rest of our lives. We wanted yeah. to get out and explore and kind of create that ourselves and then yeah. we pass it on to our families one day so to have something that we learned. so your kids can be like no we actually want to like explore our passions yeah yeah <laughs> oh my god that's a, but yeah. i'm assuming your parents understood they're like of course you're gonna say this oh yeah so supportive so cool yeah. um and just to push us and into everything and anything that we love to do that's amazing yeah. okay and how fitting i'm gonna bring it back to be golden how, does your mom know you're here like what this conference is about yeah, yeah is she, she pumped on it oh yeah she was super excited she was like it was just funny she's like yeah mention me on the podcast well, meanwhile, she got a whole segment. Mom, I know. Mom, look alive here. I got to tag yeah. you. <laughs> I mean, she gave me life, so I have to give her at least a couple minutes, right? <laughs> That's amazing. Okay. And they're all still in New Hampshire. Yeah, they're all still in New Hampshire. I try to make it back as much as I can, but um, right now I'm working with my company, and I work another job. Um, on oh, the so side. your hustle's real. You're, like, doing the full yeah. startup. I love this. Okay. So, uh, on the side, I actually work as a jet ski instructor in Florida. So I, I, I feel like you were pulling surprises. I wouldn't be surprised if, like, well, I'm also in the circus. I'm a part-time clown. Like, yeah, whatever that's it is, pretty okay. much what my life feels like at some times. Dude, um, well, that's entrepreneurship. Anyone that thinks it's glamorous, it it because it's, it's amazing, but it's it's absolutely it's real. Um, it's I wouldn't trade it for the world. I'd rather yeah. work a hundred hours a week for myself and for my vision and for something that I'm super passionate in, rather than going and work forty hours a week. I'm not yes. hating on the nine to five hustle for people who really it's all personality. It's, it's all what you want in life, and for me, I know I always wanted more. And so if me working on my jet ski brings me, because there will be days I'm working on my jet ski, but also writing emails while I'm, like, doing my jet ski instructing. But you're on a jet ski in but the water, in the ocean, in the, water. in the sun. So I have something you were that, about working in the sun. Yeah, I, I have something that brings me joy <laughs> and happiness and allows me to do my hustle and allows me to pour extra money into my hustle. So that's kind of, like, why I ended up there is just to do something in the meantime while I continue to grow this. Well, but every startup person, I mean, I had, mm-hmm. I, looking back, I was like, I haven't really worked on it. I'm like, oh, wait, I was... 
finish line, the guest store, a pool waitress, mm-hmm. country club. Like, I did a lot. I didn't even yeah. realize there was a kiddo doing shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but anytime you start something and have a side hustle, I always think it's, even when it's hard and you do it while you're young, you mm-hmm. multitask and then you can cake it when you're older, um, add TVD. But uh, it, it kind of, they complement each other. You mm-hmm. start to foster connects. You keep yeah. the conversation going. You keep your mind on the trendsetting tip of what's relevant. Like, mm-hmm. it's so funny how some of these side hustles re- really feed the main hustle. And that oh, can be a whole podcast 100%. Itself. They, it's crazy. They bring in great opportunities. Like, I meet some people. Like, I carry a stack of business cards with me. Oh, I work all day long because I'm Not constantly surprised. talking with people. Mm-hmm. And I've made so many amazing connections of people who have bought my products because of my personality. Just as a chess game instructor, then I'll start talking about xyz we get in this conversation then we start somehow talking about the topic and then we get on it and i give my business card and there you go well you have captive audience i know again it comes from pure heart space but literally logistically like it couldn't be any better for you to like tee it up i'm constantly just meeting new people and i'm in a great space like randomly too um i just i think it's important to highlight too for you know since we're talking about female business owners now and just business owners in general is get yourself in as many situations as possible where you could be meeting people like my tattoo artist um randomly connected me with a bunch of people in California it's just like I developed a great connection with her and like her partner and we just like I just got close to these people randomly oh through another tattoo don't make it up but tattooing Mm -hmm. um anything in the beauty industry Mm -hmm. I just did a podcast um with a girl that just started her own uh uh for your eyes only aesthetics who does my eyelashes and you sit there for two hours and you talk and you get mm-hmm. into it. And I, I told him, like, your gift is, like, speaking to people and, like, you know stuff some of my friends don't even know. Like, mm-hmm. get into it. But, like, hairstylists. Like, anytime you're in this position where you sit there and you spend quality time, in this day and age, we don't get a lot of that. Like, you don't even really spend that kind of time with your family on the daily. No, so that's, like, powerful opportunity. Mm-hmm. So any small interactions that you can get to talk to people and then somehow bring up what you're doing, yeah. you do it. Yeah. That's why I think... Um, people like make the mistake of they have their dream business and they go all in, but then they don't have a way of connecting with the people that they need to connect with networking. Yeah. There's a whole what network is your net worth, right? right. I know it's cheesy, but it's social so network true. I heard before or social yeah. value or something I heard and I was like, Oh it's God. It's so true. So as many people as you can meet, cause it, uh, somebody had said to me, it's like, you're only oh, like one connection away from meeting the person that's going to change the entire trajectory of your business. completely agree. So it's every day, world. like I'm chasing that one connection that I'm going to be making that could change the entire face of what this yeah. company is going to do or what I'm going to do or where I'm going to take it. Well, alongside that though, and I say this as a compliment, you, I think you're, you're on the younger end of how far along you are, but I think mm-hmm. that comes from self-awareness and knowing yourself and this is before any business. I, I wish somebody would have told me this at like 14 to 18. Like, mm-hmm. get to know what you care about, what you want. Like, maybe you think you want a lacrosse company. Maybe you think you want to do this. But what do you care about? Creativity. Do you care about, like, take this time. And again, just mm-hmm. like nutrition, this isn't conversations that I grew up with. Mm-hmm. Um, my family was very aware and very dialed in with us, but it just wasn't within our culture. Um, but getting to know really what you care about, so you take those initial steps of being an entrepreneur. Or maybe it's a 9 to 5 and you care more about time with your family. Or getting to know yourself. Uh, so then those initial steps, the trial and error isn't as long. I see so many people that are, you know, 40, 50 plus that are just starting now. And there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that. It's never too late. No. Um, but you know, again, having this awareness when you're younger is, is pretty awesome. Like taking this time to get to know what you care about and mm-hmm. being down with the hustle from all the other angles. Cause you know, your end game mm-hmm. is important for this specific thing. Being an entrepreneur, having your own gig. Um, that's huge. Mm-hmm. And I just think it comes down. I think the most important thing too, for me is just like you said, do what you're passionate about. Yeah. 
if you're passionate about working in the community mental health or if you're passionate about being an artist or if you're passionate about doing whatever do whatever it is that you have to do in order to do it i think a lot of people are just scared to take that step yeah it is scary it is to be fair extremely scary somebody's an entrepreneur i'm like wow i'm gonna be bankrupt tomorrow (laughs) (laughs) what's what you do when you're young because you don't know what questions to ask and i was like why did i start this it was like Mm -hmm. i didn't know what the hell you just jump in head first you're like Mm -hmm. oh voila we'll figure it out it is the scariest (laughs) roller coaster you will ever be on in your life and some days you will literally sit there being why did i do this what did i do myself like i could have just stayed in corporate america and then you know whatever um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't give it up for anything else. I think the scariest things in life are the ones that are most rewarding. If you're 100%. truly chasing your passion, um, when you're passionate about something, that energy will go outward and it's not even, so that's why I say don't even focus on the money, focus on the passion. Cause when you have that and it radiates outward to your people, mm-hmm. the money will come. The 100%. money will follow what you're passionate about because people are going to connect to you because they see how excited you are about what you're doing. Well, and the key piece is impact. You exactly. actually did like impact people on like a, mm-hmm. a deeper level. Yeah, you're making a change. Yeah. Amen. Preach. <laughs> I love this. Um, so many more questions I could ask you. We'll wrap up. But um, okay, we covered CBD. We covered what to ask when you're looking for mm-hmm. it. Uh, conversations around prescription. Conversation around kiddos. Is there anything else you want to like highlight um, in awareness around the community for consumers? Mm-hmm. Anything else you want to share around it? I would just say just do your research. Okay. That is the best single piece of advice I can do. Anything you need to know about CBD is literally a Google search well, away. But so like are there are certain sites we trust, mm-hmm. or there are certain people, like doctor, like anything else to guide that journey? Because to me that, that seems mm-hmm. it's like a Googling tumor. Like I need to go to a rabbit hole to figure so that out. So there's this great book that I actually read and I believe it's called the ABCs of CBD. Okay. Um, I forget the name of the author, uh, but it was a fantastic book. Um, but a, a lot of it, I just Google search, what is CBD? Literally, that's how I started this business with a simple Google search. What is CBD? And you have and a lot of information there. on your site as well, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So we have information on our website. Um, it's more of like the basic general knowledge of it. And then we have the FAQ section, things like that. But if you're somebody who really wants to get into the knee deep of the science behind it and why it's effective and everything and the research, there are a lot of really great books that are getting published right now on CBD. Awesome. Um, okay. that you can educate yourself on and but I would say yeah just do your research educate yourself um, really take the time to question the company and the products that you're going to be consuming uh, any major partnerships you're working on now with like uh, we kind of started to touch on this a little bit but um, uh, mental health situations sports mm-hmm. recovery I know so you're getting out of sports but yeah. any any major partners or something creative strategy wise you're doing business wise so there are a couple of products that we're working on now that I think are going to uh, head towards like the restaurant, um, oh. club space, okay. and different things. So really cool. And then um, I just recently got connected with somebody out in California, um, and that's going to be in the kind of like the massage therapy space per- um, for people out there. And um, eventually, kind of just hoping I can transition this into starting my own nonprofit for you know for free mental health care. Uh, so there's a lot. Of we didn't. We, we didn't. Okay, I geek out on this, yeah. the partnerships yeah. again. I'm an yeah. athlete, so everything's like, how do you build the team? Mm-hmm. Do what everyone else mm-hmm. is doing. So love that. Really quick. Um, tell me. Tell us a little bit the heart space around this nonprofit. Um, so going back to what I said earlier, so when my my best friend had passed away, she was somebody who uh, was an adventure therapy major. So oh, she was young, okay. full of life. She was super passionate about the outdoors space and how it could be used for healing. So again, that holistic space. Um, and, and, you know, she went through a lot of things in her life that really propelled her towards her passion. So, um, the mental health spaces, let's, I want to hear people's stories and like mm-hmm. learn about them and, and 
transition that in, in talking about why that pain and that struggle then transitioned into their power. I want to highlight all of those stories through the nonprofit, through a YouTube channel, um, through different things. So then other people out there listening, you know, who are in the middle of that struggle yeah. can connect to one of these stories and use it to propel them forward to doing something, to putting their story into their purpose in life. That's um, huge. And using it to touch other people. Because I think that's the number one most important thing. If you look at marketing, you look at products, you look at anything, the number one thing that's going to get people to connect to it is an emotion. Mm -hmm. And that emotion then relates to them. Absolutely. Know, they're buying the product or doing this or doing that. And um, so that's why I want to highlight. And that's why I want to start the nonprofits to connect other people to each other, to connect similar messages to one another. Because I just think we're missing that one piece right now. It's, well, it's huge. I, I don't think there's a more relevant conversation than mental health amongst our youth, and I say mm -hmm. youth under 25. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's such a different landscape, even mm -hmm. since I've been in school. It's been a minute now, but it's a totally different landscape mm -hmm. than it was 5, 10, 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's it's a very intense conversation, I think, yeah. to and see some good options it. are huge. We need it yeah. so badly. We need good mental health care, and yes. again, that's why I'm trying to do what I'm doing, because we need that. And I think like with social media, we are so connected, but we are also so disconnected at the same yeah. time. And I want to, for people to have more of an in-person, face-to-face connection. You know, there's so much power in like a hug or like a story yeah. or like being around other people with, with shared experiences. I think there's so much power in it. Yeah. And so I want to somehow, you know, uh, fit, like uh, set that up in a way that that's possible. Well, that's amazing. Do we have a name for this nonprofit? Do you not want to say it yet until it's, I it's think I legal? Will. Yeah. Fair yeah. enough. Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll do a catch up maybe yeah. in like six months and that then rewrap really about stuff. Yeah. I'll um, that out is, of Florida. Yeah. No, I'm serious. Actually, <laughs> there's a few people down there. And one of my um, best friends from college, all three of us, there's three of us, their best friends. We all tore our left ACL, which is crazy. Oh, wow. And, yeah. And um, I want her to move to Denver to get into CD mm -hmm. space because she's a phenomenal athlete. She, like, you know, speaks athlete language and wants to get into it. So maybe I'll connect you guys. That'll be Susie, awesome. shout out. Um, <laughs> But no, I think it's it's a big deal. We could we could kind of keep talking a lot of these things, uh, but this the, the mental health conversation really excites me. The, but just general health and wellness and questioning a better way. The whole point of this podcast, whatever it is, mm -hmm. is huge, and is where I'm so excited about our young people because whether it's health or politics or consumer mm -hmm. practices, people, our kiddos are questioning this stuff, mm -hmm. and they're so open minded to change. And in a divided world, you cultivate this conversation, and you see all that coming out as we really do mm -hmm. have. Yeah, so keep questioning, keep connecting. Yeah. That's the main point in all of this, in every industry, every business, every conversation. It is. And I hope we have more entrepreneurs like you that are forging uh, a profitable business space for the land we live and, more, most importantly, for this space that we exist in for our culture and humanity in general. Absolutely. All the cliches. Yes. <laughs> um, all right, where do we find you? Tell me website, yeah. tell me social. What do you want to share? So Herba Essentials. So it's E-R-B-A and then Essentials. And that's our website, HerbaEssentials.com and then Herba Essentials on Instagram. Perfect. So that's where you can find us. I'm super available. You know, we have a contact page to our website. Also direct messaging on Instagram. I'm always super happy to answer questions, kind of like, you know, guide people to the right products, things that they're curious about, you know, things that they've missed that they've heard about CBD, kind of like really just having a conversation and found it to be super successful in connecting with people like that. Amazing. And it's and it's soul fuel soul fuel for you as well. Oh, it seems I like. love it and yeah. makes me so happy. I'll be yeah. on my phone all day long talking to That's talk, such talk a millennial. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Called out. Um but Brie, I appreciate you. Thank you for sharing your story. Um thank you for what you do in general. I I really can't wait to see where this goes in six months a year and uh just knowing again our our culture climate, our political climate, the open mindedness of our young people. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm excited to see what people like you can do over the next
next year, five years, and whatnot. So well, you're not that you're not that old yet, okay? I don't know. I'm not. <laughs> hey, trust me, we're out here. We got Botox lashes. We're gonna hang in. We're gonna do sit ups. I'm gonna do some CBD. Uh, okay. We're gonna look alive. We got shit to do. Yeah, no, we're gonna do turmeric and tequila. Right? That's what's up. Yeah, and we keep it balanced. That's the plug. <laughs> exactly, my girl. See, she's already trained. Um, but I appreciate you. We'll definitely seek out um, six months. I'm really gonna ping you, and we'll. We'll, re- we'll have this rehash this combo, uh, but I appreciate you being here. And for our Be Golden peeps, this will come out after the actual event. But um, thank you for having us, and look forward to next year. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, and yes. I can't wait. I look forward to it. My pleasure. <laughs>